You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. I'm Melissa Snow. I'm your host. And today I am joined by one of my friends, my fellow coaches, and my client, Laura Kelly. Laura is here to talk to you guys about what it is like to work with me and just about coaching in general and how amazing it is and what kind of transformations you can get through coaching, especially when it comes to your relationship. So Lara, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I always love talking to you. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Okay. Well, I am a married mother of one and I had been separated from my husband for about five years when we started coaching. I'm an immigration attorney and I'm also a life coach for attorneys. Awesome. One of the things that I love so much about you and why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because sometimes when I describe to people what I do, I think they have this picture in their mind that like every woman that I work with is just this enormously hot mess. And (laughs) you're definitely hot, but I don't know that I would say the hot mess part. And I, what I love about you is that you're one of these people that like from the outside, people would think like, she's got it all together. Her life is perfect. Everything is wonderful. And in a lot of ways it really was, but it was just that relationship piece that you couldn't get a handle on. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because we all have a certain facade. And like you said, I I felt like I had most of my life in order and because of the work I've done on myself for a long time. And the one piece, just the one piece of the puzzle that I just felt like I couldn't get right is relationships, romantic relationships. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about where you were in that area when you came to me and what was going on with you and why you decided to hire a coach at that time. Okay. Well, I had been, like I said, separated from my husband for quite some time, um, still married, still very much co-parenting. And really we had both taken our focus from ourselves uh, and really put it towards our, our daughter. But him and I were, there was just nothing there romantically. And I was in a relationship with another man for about three years. It was very tumultuous, very on again, off again. There was an age gap, um, an age gap about 11 years. And it was just toxic. (laughs) But I didn't, I I couldn't extricate myself from it. And so, yeah, it was, it's just, you know, one hand, I felt like, no, this is wonderful. But the actual relationship I had with this gentleman was so rocky on again, off again. And I just couldn't figure it out. So how did you know that you were ready to hire a coach? Like, how did you get to the point where you knew, okay, I can't figure this out myself. I need something. I just got sick of my own bullshit. I think that's what it was. And yeah, I I think, look, I think self-coaching is amazing. I, I have done a lot of work on myself in other areas, but when we have a blind spot, 
and relationship with men, romantic relationships with men is, was just, I recognize it as a blind spot. And as much as I tried to self-coach or, you know, do my own work, it just wasn't enough. Um, I really needed to have somebody who had that objective perspective that could really show me what was going on in a way that I could understand it so that I can, could, you know, tap into my inner wisdom. And, And I think it's important to say, I was also in therapy. And that was just, therapy is wonderful. I would never say anything negative about therapy, but it wasn't what I needed to move past these same patterns of behavior in my romantic relationships. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think there's a lot of women listening that are thinking, why would I need a coach if I have a therapist? So what did you find was different about coaching? Like, what were you getting from coaching that you weren't getting from therapy? Perspective. (laughs) I think perspective is is really it. And and I just feel like therapy is more, I don't know, just talking it through, but it wasn't I didn't feel like I was put into a position to really see my mind and how it was working. You know, it was it it was very um a warm environment and yes, I could vent and you know, I cry and, but it didn't move me forward. Um, mm-hmm. I felt great, you know, after a therapy session, it's very cathartic, but it didn't move me forward. I have to say this, when you think about a coach, right? I, I, you know, I always think about an athlete and I think about getting to your highest level, but also someone who's, you know, sometimes going to be tough. You know, it's, it's, you're, I always felt safe. I always felt cared about and loved in our, in our bubble. But at the same time, I knew that, um, I couldn't bullshit myself and I couldn't bullshit you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there was a, an interplay, a dialogue that, allowed me to actually take steps to move forward rather than just, you know, vent. Mm-hmm. I always knew I'd found the right spot with you. Cause you would say, Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, there it is. <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit about the coaching process and what it was like over the span of several months to work with a coach. Was there anything I mean, you are a coach, so you probably knew a little bit what to expect, but was there anything about the process that you weren't expecting or that surprised you? Hmm. That's, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we did a values exercise in one of our first sessions and I wasn't expecting that. And I still use that exercise on a almost daily basis. Um, And it was something that was um, very insightful for me to see what are my values and and how do they rank and and the how that is affecting um, some of the choices that I make and I just felt like wow my mind was blown like I knew that these were my I mean if you had asked me like these are my values and I could just throw them out there but to see how they're ranked and what is most important and how much more important one value is from another even though it's they're all important to you it just was tremendous. And I saw the way that played out in my choices. So it was like, ah, it's like really enlightening. And then I think I was constantly surprised at what my feelings really were. You know, I think that's one of the the thing is like, I think through the process, I was able to get into touch with my feelings so much more clearly. And it's funny because I I am a coach and it's, it just goes to show like, you know, sometimes you need someone to hold that space for you to, so that you can see what's going on because we are not objective about ourselves. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really amazing about having a coach and the reason that even coaches have coaches is because 
we all have these thoughts that our brain serves up to us in a way that sounds really true and really believable. Like I remember you telling me in the very beginning, we were having a conversation about what you truly wanted. And you said something along the lines of, it doesn't really matter what I want because I can't have it. And that was a thought that your brain had been telling you for so long that you truly believed was a fact. Like you just accepted the fact I can't have what I want. So now let's figure the rest out. And even just having someone to stop and have you look at those thoughts that your brain's been telling you thousands of times, you can't have what you want. And to question like, is that really true? And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, Maybe not. Right. So tell us about some of the transformations that you had from coaching. What were some of the outcomes or the results that you got from coaching? Well, I have to say the biggest insight, and it, there's there's like a knowing on an intellectual nut level, and then there's a knowing that is a deep internal knowledge of yourself. And so I've always known that I'm somebody who seeks validation. I like the pat on the head and, and I've, you know, have daddy issues and that's all very obvious. My parents did divorce when I was very young and my father wasn't always present in my life. So there's those obvious issues. And I always felt like, because I was so open about that, that, that I had it figured out. And I think the biggest transformation and insight that I found was just to the extent that I sought validation from men and how little I, validation I was providing to myself. Mm-hmm. And being able to do this work allowed me to stop, in a large part, seeking validation externally and find it within myself. Now, I struggle with feelings of unworthiness, of um, not enoughness, and really having that reflected back and really realizing that those are things that we can't get externally. And and again, we may know this intellectually, but to get to that deeper knowledge in our mind, I mean in our in our heart really is is tremendous. And I remember thinking, okay, I get it. Like I am I feel unworthy. So what do I do about that? <laughs> like mm-hmm. how do I feel worthy? And it's like, oh, okay, how do I feel worthy? It's I stop practicing the old patterns of thoughts and behaviors, my old belief systems that I need to be validated externally by a man, by how attractive he finds me or how desirable I am as a partner or all these things that kept me chasing, 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 like, please don't leave me. And through all of that, what I have left was myself. And so the transformation is I don't, I don't chase, definitely don't seek the same levels of validation that I did before. And I, I certainly recognize any kind of feeling in my body that tells me not enough. It's like, okay, can I pause? Can I reflect? Can I see where this is coming from? And I am uh, have been able to not continue to be involved with this person, not do the things I used to do, which is please let's work on this, all kinds of, you know, sad things. <laughs> because I, I was like, oh, I don't want to be treated like this anymore. That's it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, I can have sadness. I can have loss. I can have grief, but this is what I don't want. And I can't make somebody treat me differently. And it doesn't mean anything about me. That's the real transformation. It doesn't mean anything about me. Mm-hmm. Nothing anybody else does or says means anything about me. Right. And I think part of it for you and for most of my clients is learning to just sit with that feeling of unworthiness and not good enough and questioning of ourselves 
because for so long, the attention from men and the validation from men and the affection from men has been the band-aid that makes us feel better about that unworthiness. And at the time, it feels like we fixed the problem <laughs> because we right. feel better, but we haven't actually fixed the problem. And so whenever that band-aid comes off or threatens to come off, then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, no, please don't go. Please don't go. Right. Exactly. Because as soon as the band-aid's gone, now we have to feel the pain again. And so there was a part of that for you that was just taking the band-aid off and forcing yourself to just sit with those feelings and recognize those feelings and figure out where those feelings were coming from, which was your own brain. Yeah, exactly. So where are things at now with your relationships where you mentioned that you're not seeing that man anymore? Um, what is your relationship with your husband, with your daughter, with dating in general? Well, um, I have decided not to date for the time being, um, because I really want to be in a place where I am really whole, really complete, um, in myself. And again, sometimes taking that detox and saying, I have to stop seeking that validation. You know, I have to get comfortable with my feelings. I turned 40 this year and I thought my peak attractiveness levels are ending. And I think why I held on to that relationship for so long is I, I kind of felt like once I moved past peak attractiveness, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to get the same like quality of man in my life. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. And then I realized that's absurd. And that's a scarcity mindset that keeps us in the same patterns, holding on to things we don't need or want really because we're afraid of, of what's out there. And what I realized is through being able to love yourself and validate yourself, you can really sit in abundance. Like I have all the love I need in my life, in me. And I don't need, you know, if I find somebody else that can share that with me, that's, that's such a bonus, but I don't need it. I think I've said to you, I used to think about women who don't have long-term partners, who quote unquote die alone. And I just didn't want to be that kind of person. And what I realized is that is so superficial of me to think that a person can't have a rich life without a romantic partner. And so I've really had to take a, a really deep look at myself and say, girl, if you don't have a rich life on your own, how are you expecting to have a rich life with somebody else? Mm -hmm. And I have to say this, you, you asked before what the biggest transformation is. And you know, I want to say this, I am so in love with myself right now. Like I am so in love with myself. I treat myself so kindly. I talk to myself like a friend. I don't beat myself up. And that is the most important relationship that I have in my life. Mm -hmm. Because of that, I am able to show up for my daughter in a way I've never been able to show up before. So completely and wholly myself, so authentic, so calm and peaceful. Just, I, I, I really feel like I'm, you know, in, in Buddhism, they call it sukha, the contentment. I'm not yearning or lacking for anything right now, despite the fact that I wouldn't consider myself in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. In terms of my, my husband, we are, we're still married. <laughs> we're still married. And we're very much dedicated to co-parenting. And, you know, I, I want to explore the possibility of reconciling with my husband. But before I make that decision, I, I don't want it to be out of a place of scarcity or lack. 
or I need to be with somebody. I, I recognize that he has been there for me through many, many, many things. And um, I have a, a deep sense of loyalty towards him, which is why I've never divorced him. But at the same time, I have a daughter to think about and, and I can't, I'm, I'm not yet to the point where I think this is absolutely the right decision. And I, and I don't want to pull either of them around. So I am at this moment entirely focused on really developing the relationship I have with myself because Melissa, I'm 40 years old and I'm just now developing that relationship, you know, in the last six months. And, and I need time to really explore who I am without being the serial monogamist who always looks for validation externally. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and it, for me, it, it's a beautiful place to be absolutely beautiful place to be. Well, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about being in that place is that when you show up to the world, loving yourself, liking yourself, being your genuine self, you also give everybody else in your life permission to do the same, right? So now your daughter is seeing it's okay for me to like myself. It's okay for me to love myself. It's okay for me to show up in the world and be me, no matter how silly and strange and fabulous that is. Like if my mom can do it, I can definitely do it, which I think is awesome. Absolutely. And I feel like I, I, I try, I show up not only for her, but I believe I show up in any interaction I have in this world, confident, warm. And I, I would like to believe that people can sense that energy mm-hmm. and, and have that connection with me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that other people have noticed a difference in you since coaching? Oh, absolutely. Everybody has told me what a difference it has made. And they don't, might not know that I've been coached, but they know that I've changed. Right. Mm -hmm. So people are like, you're like a different person. My husband will say this to me. He's like, like, who are you? (laughs) You don't yell. You don't, um, you know, I remember this is kind of silly, but I remember when I was in college, I was in this situationship and, um, he told me that I was not easygoing. He's like, you're like the least easygoing person I've ever met. And I was just like, what? I wanted to believe I was easygoing. But no, I've been like high strung for my whole life. And now I'm easygoing. Mm-hmm. I am easygoing because <laughs> there's no drama. There's when you're not addicted to that that game, you're calm. Mm-hmm. You're peaceful. You can let things slide. I can be cool. I can be chill. And um, but yeah, I, I everybody has commented, my friends, my family, and but most importantly, I notice it in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sit here and I could just be like, ah, I'm just, I'm content. I never knew what that was before. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think that was real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out it is. Turns out. So from your experience of working with a coach in general, and also, you know, working specifically with me, like if I'm listening to this podcast, how do I know if coaching or coaching with me in particular is right for me. I would say if anybody listening to this podcast thinks um, my relationships have been failures, I'm not happy in my current relationship, or they're not doing it right. I think if you, you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're blaming other people, you're blaming yourself, you know, you could also be blaming your parents. You know, like me, you could be blaming your father. If you're not, if you're not satisfied with your romantic relationships, then I think coaching is absolutely fundamental. And, and I have to say this, even though I'm not currently in a romantic relationship, I do recognize that 
it is so important for humans to have companionship and partnership. And there's many different ways that can show up. But since it is such an important part of our lives, I think it really behooves us to do so in a very authentic and wholesome way. And I think we can really learn a lot about ourselves and what we want when we're doing this work on a weekly basis with somebody who knows her stuff and can really help us, you know, tease out the stories, the beliefs, the shoulds, the blame, the deflection, and just get real about what's really going on and what we really want, Mm -hmm. what we really need. Mm -hmm. So I think if anybody's listening to this and says, you know, I'm unsatisfied, that's true. He's not doing it right. Um, I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life. It's just never too late to completely transform your life. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know (laughs) what you need Uh, to do. (laughs) You know, I have to say, I think it was your podcast that really solidified that I had to coach with you because I listened to I believe it was, I mean, I had listened to the first two episodes, but I think it was a third or fourth episode, you know, and I was, I I, I was on boundaries. I think it was. And I was like, Oh girl, that's me. You got my number. (laughs) I was like, yes, I wrote you. I was like, let's do this. I I need coaching. I'm tired of repeating the same old thing and expecting a different result. And I think that if, if, if that's where you're at, like if you're, if that's where you're at in your life, where you're just repeating the same pattern, you know, you can stop, mm-hmm. but it, you, you know, but it, it requires help, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think it requires at least for a moment that you be willing to feel uncomfortable, right? Because signing up for coaching and taking that step of like, booking the first call or sending that first email, that's scary because you don't know, like people ask me all the time, are you going to make me break up with my boyfriend? Like, I'm not going to make you do anything. Like, I'm not, but I think, you know, investing the money, investing the time, letting yourself be hopeful that maybe this is the thing that is actually going to work, but knowing might risk, you know, being right back where you started. Like, it all can be very scary. And so I think you do have to be willing to take that step. I have a sticker that sits on my computer all day long that says temporary discomfort is an investment in your future self. And so you do have to be willing to do the scary thing sometimes. And yeah, it, it is it is vulnerable to like basically put out all your, sometimes your deepest, darkest secrets about yourself that you're not even looking at closely with yourself. But by the same token, having done the coaching, having lived that life, I can tell you what's more uncomfortable is crying hysterically, not understanding why you can't make it work. Mm-hmm. That that's more uncomfortable is feeling like crap because you know you you're being treated in a way that you don't like, and you're treating yourself in a way that you don't like, Mm -hmm. that's more uncomfortable. So I would say to somebody, yes, it can be uncomfortable. Yes, it can be vulnerable, but I guarantee you, you're probably already pretty uncomfortable right now. Mm. You know, and I I mean, I would, I was in a place of suffering. So I hope that's not what people are going through, but I know it is because (laughs) 
because <laughs> I know. So yeah, um, getting uncomfortable, investing in yourself in order to make that change, it's worth that cost of some temporary vulnerability. Yeah, that's a great place to wrap up. But before we do, is there anything else that you want to add to anybody who might be listening to the podcast who is considering signing up for that first call or taking that leap to send the email? Is there anything else that you would add that maybe you want them to know when they're making that decision? Uh, What came up for me when you said that was you are worth it. You are worth it. I think as women, we don't uh, often feel comfortable investing in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't um, feel comfortable in investing the time and the money on something that is purely for ourselves. And I just want you know, everybody out there to know you are worth it. You are worth the investment in yourself. You are worthy of transformation inherently right in this moment, right where you are. Yeah. That's That's so good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura, for trusting me with your (laughs) life and your thoughts and your feelings. It was such a joy to work with you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast to share with everybody. I'm extremely grateful for, um, my life now and you had a big part to play in it. So I'm, I'm so, so fortunate. So appreciative. Thanks for listening to the love starts here podcast for more tips, tools, love, and support. Be sure to join the love starts here. Facebook group to learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level. Visit www.melissamsnow.com.